Myself eight years ago, seeing what I've seen, knowing what I know. I would tell that quiet kid, there'll be days ahead when it doesn't make sense. I would tell him he can trust your hand, cause now I got a picture of the greater plan. I can see with perfect clarity, it wasn't tragedy, it was what I needed. I couldn't see a thing, but now I understand. Every step of the way.
not that I'll be standing in the place I'm in. Took a little faith to see. Gotta chase the dream that you placed in me. Never thought I would be praying the prayers I prayed. Never thought I would be saying the things I say. But you've been with me. Every step of the way. Turned around, I know you've got me every step of the way.
Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song? And as we do that, let's remember that 2,000 some odd years ago, Palm Sunday was the day that Jesus was entered into Jerusalem triumphant as a king, sitting on a lowly donkey. This is the beginning of Holy Week. If you would please sing along with us. God. 
may be seated, and good morning to all of you. We sang Hosanna. That's what they did 2,000 years ago as Jesus walked into Jerusalem. And he came in with a purpose. He was going to go into Jerusalem to ultimately be put on a cross, put into a tomb, and then rise again. And he did it because he loves us. He loves us so much. So let, let's keep saying our Hosannas. Let's keep rejoicing. But let's keep going through this week. And we want to invite you to come back to worship a couple more days this week as we remember his journey. So yes, Palm Sunday, shouts of Hosanna, but then we see him on Thursday in an upper room. And that's where he started this beautiful meal called the Lord's Supper. And so we're going to gather together this Thursday, 6.30, right here. Would love for you to come. Or if you are online, we're going to have the service online as well. And we're going to pause and remember that very intimate moment in that upper room. But then we also know that it kind of went south, it looked. And uh, he ended up being betrayed and arrested, put on trial, and then ultimately on Friday placed on a cross. And that's where he died, for you, for me. And it's called Good Friday because it's good for us. He paid our, the price for our sin. So come back on Friday as well. Remember that journey, 6.30 right here, and we'll remember all that he did for us. And then we get to Sunday, and what, what do we call that day? Easter. Easter. Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ for people like you and me. So come, if you would, 9 or 11 or online, and celebrate the resurrection of the Lord and how it has made a difference for eternity for people like you and me. All right, a couple of quick announcements as we uh, go through. Um, number one, guests. We know that we, we're so thankful that you're here. And if you would let us know whether you're online or if you are in person, by texting 1C guest to 94,000, that lets us know. And then if you have questions, you can ask and we can give you some answers. Also, a little bit later, we're going to have prayer time, and if you're sitting here today and you have a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of concern, you would like included in, in worship today, all you need to do is to text 402-242-5051, and it'll be included in service today. And then also, a little later, we're going to celebrate uh, the, the, the supper that Jesus gave. It's called the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. And here at 1C, we believe that this gift is given to God's people. We believe it's bread and wine and body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if this is what you believe, we invite you and we encourage you to celebrate with us. And if you did not receive the elements when you came in, during the next song you'll have time if you'd like to make your way into the family gathering area by the kitchen window and we will have wine, juice, and bread available for the celebration that will take place in just a, a little bit. Also, when you come in, every week we're going to ask you and, and remind you, pick up the brochure because a couple things are on here. Number one, on the back side, you're going to see the scriptures that are going to be used in the sermon. So throughout the week, you can refer back to God's word and hopefully continue to grow in your faith and love for Jesus. So you'll find that. But then if you open up you're going to find uh, just a couple of the things that are happening in the life and ministry of 1C, the sanctuary, and that'll be on the inside. So make sure if you didn't get one on the way in, 
get one on the way out so that you could, again, be a part of that. I'm thinking there was something else, but I don't think so. I think we're going to sing. All right, let's sing. Yes, I 
sweet forgiveness of Jesus. It's what we need. It's what we desperately need. Because as the Bible tells us, all of us sin, all of us fall short of what God desires. And if we were left on our own with that sin, we would be lost forever. But Jesus stepped into this world, made his way to Jerusalem, made his way to Golgotha, the Calvary where the cross was, and he took your sin, my sin upon himself. And we know he rose again, and the victory is complete. Let's go to him now in prayer and thank him for all that he's done. Lord Jesus, as we think about this, this week, it's called Holy Week for a reason. Thank you for your holiness in the journey. Willing to come to this earth, willing to go into Jerusalem, willing to be in that upper room and then be betrayed and arrested and beaten and put on a cross. And as we think about what moved you to do something like this, it's love. Your love matters. And as you died, you took our sin and a payment was made. And as you rose again on that third day, the victory is ours. So Lord Jesus, yes, we confess our sin. Yes, we put it at the foot of your cross. But we know right now we are cleansed. We are new. We are forgiven because you love us. Thanks again. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
invite you to take out the elements for communion. And I'm going to share with you scripture. And, and we find the instruction for communion. We find the meaning and purpose behind it. And then after I share that with you, then I'll invite you to take the elements one at a time. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would take the bread and then take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. Then if you would take the wine or the juice and take and drink, this is the blood of Jesus shed for you. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, hear our prayers both spoken and in our hearts from our 1C family. A prayer from my grandma Connie and her friend Irma who has COVID. May she get better. Dear God, please guide my kids, help my daughters, and bless them. Gracious God, we need you. We need your continued grace, mercy, and love. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Give us the strength and courage to lean on you during times of struggles and times of joy. All this we pray through your son Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear God, it's me calling out to you. Tonight I'm on my knees. Hoping you'll come through This one's for my dad Can you help him please The world's made him mad At mom and me And I'm asking you to bring his heart back home is all 
alone again tonight They always used to laugh Now all they do is fight She says I love that man He's so far from you She's done all she can But she can't break through And she's begging you to bring his heart back home Recognize my voice I haven't talked to you Since I was a little boy Tonight I heard my son Pray for his own man Made me come undone Made me understand That only you can bring my heart back Boys and girls, we are continuing this theme of love matters. And today we get to talk about how love is patient. And speaking of patience, I cannot wait to introduce a new friend to you. I just met him last week. His name is George. I think you're going to like him. So let's come on over here and we will meet George. All right, George, you want to come on out and say hi? Mm, no. Come on, George. Come on out and say hi. Mm -mm, mm -mm. George, we don't have all morning. There's people out here waiting to see you, waiting to meet you. Oh, Mr. Craig. What, George? I'm nervous. Don't be nervous, George. Everybody's going to love you. Come on are, out. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure, George. Are you really, really, really sure? Yes, George. I'm really, 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 really sure. Okay. Come on out. Okay, I'm coming. Mm. There. All right. See, it's not that bad, is it? Can you say hi, George? Hi, George. George, we, why don't you tell the boys and girls a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, hi, I'm George. 
Yeah, we got that part, George. Can you tell a little bit more? That's kind of personal. It's all right, George. Well, okay. All right, just this one time because they look kind of nice. Yeah, they are, but they're waiting. All right, we've got a kid's message to do here. Can you hurry it up a little bit? Well, Greg. Yes, George. You need to be patient with me. I'm new here, okay? Okay. All right, All right here we go. Hi, everybody. My name is George. I am a spider monkey. A spider monkey? Yeah. Huh. I'm a spider monkey, and my name is George, and I like long walks on the beach. George? And pineapples, lots of them. And I like it when drinks have umbrellas in them, too. That's very nice. Every drink should have an umbrella. George, yeah. why, why do you only have one eye? What do you mean? George, you only have one eye. Well, that's kind of rude. Sorry, I just noticed and just thought I'd ask. Okay, well, fine. If you must know, it's a very personal story, but I will share with you because apparently Greg likes to get personal. Okay, come on. Come okay, on. okay, okay. The story, yes, the story. Well, there was this one time in the 1980s when I lived in a zoo. It was really messed up there, lots of crazy stuff going on. I mean, everything smelled like doo-doo all the time. And well, one time I was with the elephants, and you know, people got a lot to say about elephants. They're really persnickety, and they're very, very, very good at cards, yes, you see. Okay. And one time I was playing the game of Blitz with them, and I was winning very good, and the elephants got very upset. And well, I bent down to tie my shoe, and you know, spider monkeys have lots of shoes. Yeah. And when I was down there, the elephants were all stomping around mad at me because they thought I cheated at the game, which has yet to be... Well, I'm moving on from that. Okay. But anyway, the elephant, they kind of tipped into each other and then boom, splat! Stepped right on my eyeball. Oh, oh. It was George, very nasty. Oh, squish, squish. Stop. Oh, George, George, stop, 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 stop. Blood stop. everywhere. That's, stop. Very that's gross. enough. George, George, that's enough. Well, okay. You, you well, did ask. I'm kind of regretting that now. But thank you, George. Let's, let's go ahead and get started. Anytime. Okay. Okay. And we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, oh. verse 4. Oh, this and is the love chapter. Yes, and it reads, love is patient. Mr. Greg. What, George? What's a Corinthian? A Corinthian is a person who lived in the city of Corinth. All right? Never heard of it. Well, let's keep reading. All right? First Corinthians okay. chapter 13, verse 4. Okay. Reads, okay. love is patient. Yes, okay, what, Mr. Greg. What, George? Well, this is an important question. What? The, the question is, who was the first Corinth? Oh, my goodness, George. I don't know who the first Corinthian was. What's this? this? I know. George Corinth. I doubt it. But this You book... don't know, though. You can't say. Oh, my goodness. The book is called First Corinthians. All right? Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Yes. And we're going to read First Corinthians chapter 13. We are waiting on you, Greg, to read. Verse 4 says, love is patient. Mr. The... Greg. What, George? How many Corinth Corinthian books are there? Oh, there's two, George. Oh. The, the, the Apostle Paul wrote two letters okay. to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians and 2 Are Corinthians. Are we going to read them all? No, George, we don't have time for that, oh, especially I, now. Especially now, I have a pedicure in about 20 minutes. Oh, well, we'll be lucky to be done in 20 minutes the rate this is going. Yeah, you don't want to make Bertha mad when you're late. She's very mad. George. 
Yo, we're gonna, First Corinthians. First Corinthians. Chapter 13. 47, what? Chapter 13, verse 4. So, okay, okay, chapter 4, verse 30. It reads, okay. love is patient. Greg. What, George? I just have a very quick question. Yeah, go for it. Do you, um, do you love me? Yes, George. Oh, George, Greg, that's so sweet. Now, can we continue? Well, we are waiting on you, Greg. Oh, wow. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 reads, love is patient. Okay, Lo- love is what? Love is patient, George. If you just listen Lo- is, while I read. Mr. Greg, love is what? Oh, wow. Love is, oh. Yeah, yeah. you got, get there. Love, there it is. Love is patient, George. There it is. Hey, George. Yeah. I'm sorry that I lost my patience with you. I do love you, George, but I didn't really treat you like I do, did I? Well, you got weak there, Mr. Greg. Yeah, I'm sorry. Everybody has that sometimes. Yeah, will you forgive me, George? Oh, of course I will forgive you, Mr. Greg. Oh, Let's hug. Okay. Okay, come here. Come here, you big guy. Oh, oh, that's nice. Oh, right there, scratch it. Just right right there. (laughs) Keep going. Keep. No, we got. We got to keep going. Sorry, George. that got yeah. very weird. This whole morning's been really weird, George. For who? You? <laughs> I feel fine. Do Thank you? you. Okay, great. Well, you know what, George? I'm, I am very glad that you love me and that you're patient with me, even yes. when I mess up, I sin, yeah. and I lost my patience with you. You did. Well, I feel bad for your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's okay. We all have those times. Okay. I feel bad for everyone who's ever met me. Met you who? Me. No, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Oh, okay. But you know what? I'm also really grateful that God loves us and that oh, he's yeah. patient with us. And he forgives us even when we sin. When we mess up and sin, God is patient with us and he loves us too. That's amazing. That is, isn't it? I love that. I do too. What do you say we pray to him? Oh. I love to pray. Good, good. Hey, Can you help me fold my hands? Actually, you already got folded there. Good job. I didn't even notice. Yeah. How long have they been like that? Since you gave me a hug. <laughs> All right. Hey, how about I pray and then you and the rest of the boys and girls and everybody can repeat after That's me. That's fine. I'm just fascinated. I'm just staring at my hands. Yeah. They're still folded. That's good. I don't even know how to move them. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm just trying. Let's pray. Good idea. All right. You can repeat it for me. Ready? Okay, All okay, okay. All right. Yep. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. Even when we sin. Even when we sin. God. Especially, Greg. Yes. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience. Help us to have patience, God. And help us to have patience, God. Amen. Amen. All right, George, thanks for your help with the kids' message. Oh, that, that was awesome. I love that. You better Mr. Get... Greg, I got about 17 more questions for you quick before you go. Um, let's take those Number one, facts. what is your favorite color? Number two, can you eat it? Mr. Greg, no, Mr. Greg, come back. I got 12 more. Wait, I mean 17. I mean, wait, come back. I think Greg met his match, don't you think? I have not seen him flustered. This was good. George, you're one of my best friends now, so cool. 
All right, we're going to get into 1 Corinthians 13, uh, but uh, yesterday I had an opportunity, and Tuesday I have another opportunity to meet with some of our confirmation students. They're going to actually be up here at the end of the month confirming their faith and trust and love in Jesus. But as we met, I was covering lots of different things, and one thing was I was talking about the Bible. And I was thinking maybe this would be a good refresher for all of us. Example. Here at 1C, the sanctuary, we believe that the Bible is the inspired, inerrant Word of God, which means this is God's idea. It's His thoughts, His direction for people like you and me. And it is given so that we can have guidance and direction and meaning and purpose. And the thing about the Bible that I, I think is beautiful and wonderful is God continues to speak to us today through it. Now, if you know this, uh, the Old Testament was originally written in the Hebrew language. The New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. So God used that for the people back then. Well, here we are today, thousands of years later, and I am so thankful that God has allowed that word to be now translated into our language. Now, what does translate mean? It means there are some very learned men and women who look into the original language of Hebrew and Greek and put it in our language today. And if you remember, we've been doing 1 Corinthians 13, and I've been showing you some different translations. I also have shared with you a paraphrase or two. And you're thinking, well, what's the difference between the two? Well, a translation comes directly from the Hebrew and Greek, a paraphrase often comes from like an English translation and they just put it into some different words. Like one of my best or favorite paraphrases is the message paraphrase. I just think it's, it's really neat. It, it really puts it into the world today. Um, so we've been making our journey through this and we've been hanging on to the, the word of God and today we're going to be taking a look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8a um, in the NIV, New International Version. Now, when I was a youngster, I was growing up, this was the version that was in front of me. So really, um, I, it's, it's familiar. So when I hear 1 Corinthians 13, these are the words I remember. Uh, but I do want to give you a little heads up about the NIV. There is a 1984 copyright, and then there is a 2011 copyright. And you're thinking, well, so they just updated it. Well, some of the things that they did in the updating, I am not necessarily a fan of. Some of the the translators went back into the uh, Hebrew or Greek, and instead of letting it be male and female, sometimes they just put it all together and said it doesn't matter. I think it does matter. So, be discerning. Know. If you ever have questions, I would love to talk to you about this. It's kind of fun to talk to these, these young people in their faith and their questions that they have about it. So with that in mind, that's a little backdrop. I think it's always good for us to learn some of the ins and outs of what we're doing. And so let's read this out loud together. Again, this is God's word for you and for me. So together, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, 
but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. All right, and we've been going through this. Just take a look at those words. We talked about love, and it's not just any kind of love. It's this agape love. And we see this word used four times, right, in this portion of Scripture, and eight more times when you see the word it, it, it's talking about this agape perfect love. So 12 different times Paul is putting in front of the church in Corinth and the church in Columbus or wherever you are in this world, he's putting this word in front of us, this word love, and saying it matters. And think of where we've been. We've talked about um, love is kind, right? When you connect God's love with kindness, it's a life-changing kindness. We talked about it does not envy, but we kind of flipped it upside down. And we said, really, love is thankful for the blessings you have and the blessings God gives to other people. We talked about love being humble. Okay, just that idea of being humble. Love is respectful, all right, it's respectful. We talked about that in marriage and with our leaders and all, all of those aspects. And today we're going to talk about this idea, love is patient. Love is patient. And Paul does, like he often does, is he will take two Greek words and put them together so we have a word, patient. So I'm going to, get, I'm going to let you know what this is. Uh, the, very, uh, the word that he's using is the word macrothumai. And there's two words in it. And the first one is love is macro, and it means long, okay, long. And then the second part of it is anger, long anger. And you need to go into it a little bit further to know that the tense he's using, it really means love um, is going to, uh, this anger is going to take a long time. To get to you. In other words, you're going to have a long fuse. You won't get angry um, like this. And so that's why we have love is patient. And then a little bit later, he, re he kind of goes back at it again to explain it. And he says, it is not easily angered. So question at hand. How many of you have ever been angry in your life? Okay, I think I'm talking. I mean, me too. How many of you have even got angry today? I'm kind of curious if you've been there, okay? And that anger could be all different places. It could be driving into the parking lot at a church, right? Or it could be um, kids not quite listening or behaving. Or kids, maybe your parents aren't behaving either, right? That, the anger kind of creeps up and it consumes us, it gets our attention, and sometimes it really derails us from what God wants to do in us and through us. Now, is anger always wrong? No. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it this way. Righteous anger, which means whatever God values and whatever God thinks is important, whatever gets him going here, is what should get us going to. If, he's, if you find in the scripture that God doesn't like something, we should stand up and not like it too. So there are times when we see God demonstrating his anger, righteous anger, and there are times that we need to be doing the same thing. 
But I also know that the enemy wants us to have some kind of anger that's unhealthy, some kind of anger that is very destructive. I have people in my office a lot. And we talk about lots of things. And anger just seems to come in there a lot, you know, with different things. And I'll often use the, the metaphor or the picture of a bottle of soda and the cap is on tight. And when you get angry, it's like you get all shaken up. And what do you see on the inside? All the bubbles, right? And the pressure is building. And, oh, it hurts. And some of the destruction that it does on the inside and even outside in relationships, it can be not good. So I'd like to take you on a journey today. In fact, I'm going to walk over here and I'm going to bring my tablet with me because I can. It's kind of cool. I can bring my tablet over here. We're going to have a conversation with Jaina. You're thinking, well, who's Jaina? Well, we go back 10 years. Got to know her at my last church. And, but you may know her also. Um, her husband, Randy, is a specific ministry pastor, which means he's studying to be a pastor. And he has been serving here. He's preached. He's led worship. He does other things. But the thing about Jaina, and the reason I have her up here today, is she is a counselor, specifically a trauma counselor. And I'll just tell you the times in my ministry um, that I, I, I love it that, that she has that skill and ability. Because sometimes the trauma that people have is so big and so damaging. And sometimes it's anger, sometimes it's another thing going on. Um, but she'll step into people's lives and just help them kind of sort through it. And so I'll just say, if you ever need somebody to sort through it with, you know, come to Jana, come to me. But she's really the expert. I'm, I just know enough to be dangerous, right? So we're going to be looking at five attitudes and actions to keep you patient. And remember, long to get angry, okay? Long to get there. So we're going to look at it, and I'm going to talk about the first one, is to break the cycle, and we have some scripture for you to consider, and then she's going to unpack it, and I'm going to probably share a little bit too. Uh, first scripture is from Proverbs 29, a fool gives full vent to anger, but a wise person quietly holds it back. Or how about this one from Ephesians 4, in your anger do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So let's talk about that, that cycle, and maybe give mm -hmm. us a little bit of insight into that. Well, that can be a very destructive cycle. <clears throat> and that cycle can um, be not just in our family, but it could be something that was passed down from our parents, possibly even our grandparents. Um, in our families, uh, we expect to get, we expect to look like our families, don't we? We have uh, our eye color, our hair color, whether we have straight hair, curly hair. Um, these are things that are passed down naturally through our family. But also our family passes down their attitudes and their behaviors, family dysfunctions, and their consequences have been passed down from parents to children, from generation to generation. So is our anger out of control? One way to uh, 
stop this out of control behavior is to confess it, to ask God to forgive us, asking the Holy Spirit to change us. And then this will affect our family in good ways for generations to come. Yeah, and I, I like to look at it, I, I call it DNA. We get, we get it, right? We get the DNA thing, our hair color and all that. But there is a spiritual DNA that has been passed on. It's called sin. And it shows itself in so many different ways. I mean, when I look back on my dad, my dad worked 80 hours a week or more. Wasn't really healthy for him, wasn't healthy for the family. Guess who worked 80 hours a week quite often? And it wasn't until I was confronted with that sin and I confessed it, I named it, and I'm, I find support so that it doesn't get passed on to my kids. So we really need to step up. We need to ask the Holy Spirit, stop this cycle. Let us be the kind of person you want us to be so that we don't get into that, that rhythm. All right? So next one is to guard your relationships. Proverbs 22 says, don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. Thoughts on that, Jaina? Well, I think every parent here has probably uh, given this kind of advice to their kids to be careful who you hang out with because if you hang out with angry people, you're going to pick up their ways and their language and you will eventually turn into this kind of a person too. And so that's why parents guard their children's relationships. They want to meet who their friends are. So setting boundaries, setting good boundaries, helps us to keep in the good and keep out the bad, like being aware of who we let in our backyard. And I think, Jim, you have a a metaphor about that. Yeah, I, I, I joke about it. Someday I would like to, there's five books I want to write. One of them has to do with the metaphor of a backyard. And here's the picture. Picture having a backyard with a fence all around it. And there's a gate there. And it's locked. And somebody, if they come to the gate, you got to choose whether you're going to let them into your backyard or not. And even if you let them into your backyard, you may not let them go to certain places. Maybe they'll sit at a picnic table with you and you can have a conversation. Maybe you won't let them go to the, the rose garden because it's just too fragile. So I encourage people, think of the people in your life. Think of the people that you want in your backyard. People that will be healthy for you, encouraging for you emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, and really give thought to that. Because I'll, I'll just tell you, as a kid growing up, I had a lot of friends around me that weren't the best influences. My parents didn't ask a lot of questions about that. But the other part of it was, I was, I was really bad. And I influenced other people during those high school years. And when I look back on that, it's like, wow. So parents, it's a big responsibility. Uh, but it even goes beyond parents. It's, it's any of us in, in the world we live in be discerning who you let close to you. All right, the next one is release your worries to God. Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. 
Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace. Jana. So <clears throat> they say that 80% of what we worry about, we have no control over. And 80% of what we worry about never happens either. But when we do worry, we can give that over to God to take care of. The stress that worry generates causes serious problems. The stress hormones that worry dumps into our brain can have uh, a link to shrinking our brain mass, lowering our IQ, being prone to heart disease, cancer, premature aging, predicting marital problems, family dysfunction, and clinical depression, and making seniors more likely to develop dementia and Alzheimer's. So releasing our worries and our fears to God and trusting him to take care of us will free up our mind and heart to be more attentive to what he is calling us to do, which is to love God and to love people. This last Thursday, I'm part of a men's group, and we had an incredible discussion, and we're going to, I think, follow up with it this Thursday, on fear. And I'll just say it this way. We are to, well, not fear. In fact, 365 times you'll find in the Bible, do not fear. But we're also told to fear, to fear God. In other words, to have a sense of awe and wonder about the God who can do great things. So as we have that, that moment when we want to either worry and give our fear and attention to that, or can we turn our attention over to God and say, God, you're big, you're mighty, you're awesome. I'm going to give to you all of this and even my anger. Right? Important. Get some rest. And I'm going to share with you 1 Kings 19 in just a moment. Here's the storyline behind it. Elijah, a prophet of God, the one true God, battles up against 450 prophets of Baal, false prophets. He battles them and defeats them. Wow. Then Queen Jezebel wants his head on a platter. He just wants him dead. And she chases after him and wants him dead. And he just runs, and he is exhausted. And then we find this. Then he, Elijah, lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Jaina. So getting rest is uh, part of the third commandment, which says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And what we do is we rest from our activities in order to focus on our creator. We really do need rest. We can't keep going 24-7 without experiencing the damaging effects, such as increased depression, cycles of anxiety and worry, increased risk of all kinds of mental illnesses, emotional dysregulation, which means we feel like we can just cry at a drop of a hat, or we're fine one minute and then we're outraged in the next minute and also increased forgetfulness. So a helpful practice can be to incorporate meditation each day, not just on Sunday, not just our day of rest, but 
but each day. And I've talked before about meditation using our five senses, um, like looking around the room, pick out five things that are red. Close your eyes and listen. What, what three things do you hear? What do you smell? What do you taste? And what are you touching? What does your body feel? What are you touching? So those are, um, that's meditation using the five senses. And then another one is a breath prayer. Taking long, deep breaths, breathing in, and I use the one, I breathe in the word Jesus, and I exhale, Lord, have mercy. Breathing in, Jesus, and Lord, have mercy as we exhale. It helps us to relax. It refocuses us on our Savior. And that's the one that I use. Yeah, and this idea of Sabbath, it's God's idea, and it was made for people like you and me. In my office, when I, I meet with people, whether it's an individual, a couple, a family, I will sometimes use the metaphor of an outlet. Just think about it. Most outlets just have two places to plug things in. But if you're like me, sometimes we get clever. We can get those adapters, and you could start plugging in a lot of things until what happens? You blow a fuse. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, I think we need to be alert to that, and we need to have that kind of rest that comes from God. And I, and I love some of those uh, tools that you gave. I just think about breathing in and thinking about Jesus you know, my Messiah, my Savior, you know, have mercy on me. I, I, I really like that, that imagery. All right. Change your expectations. This is a big one. This one might cause you to maybe squirm in your seat. Uh, Paul says it this way in Philippians. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. Okay. Uh, living under the law is an unex unrealistic expectation, and that's not being asked of us because we live under grace. God has forgiven us in Jesus. So we can begin by naming our expectations of ourselves and of others. Are they realistic or are they unrealistic? A couple of examples of unrealistic expectations might be, and I think uh, Jim already named one, if I don't work an excessive number of hours, the organization is going to fail. So whom are we depending on? Ourselves? Or are we depending on God for what concerns me? Another one might be expecting the other person to change so I don't have to. So what are God's expectations of me? We read from Micah chapter 6, verse 8. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Again, a, a beautiful scripture. So we're going to end this part of it. I'm going to make my way over there. But I encourage you, take that brochure with you. Look at those scriptures that 
we've been talking about ponder this and so that we can take care of this anger and put it in the right place so we can experience the kind of peace God wants us to have. So thank you, Jaina, very much. And I'm going to make my way over. And here's the scoop. God knows that people like you and me, uh, we don't do this very well. We struggle with it. And as a, as a counselor, and maybe you've heard this if you've ever been to counseling, anger is a secondary emotion. There's usually something else that's fueling it. Guilt, shame, fear, whatever. And it kind of bubbles up and it fuels this thing called anger and then we see it kind of above the water. God wants to deal with that. He wants to replace it with peace and hope and just all the things that he can give us. And his timing is perfect. So let me share with you from Galatians 4. But when the right time finally came, God sent his own son. He came as the son of the, a human mother and he lived under the Jewish law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might become God's children. And we've been on this journey, right, since Christmas. We'll just use that time frame. When we remember that this Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, he came to this earth for you and for me, born in Bethlehem. But he continued his journey, and today we pause and we reflect and we remember Palm Sunday. We remember when Jesus came into Jerusalem with a purpose, and it was to seek and to save the lost, to give hope to you, to give hope to me, to give us a peace that the world cannot give. And there were the hosannas that were shout, but then it changed, right, didn't it? And we go through the week, and we remember Jesus in that upper room. He had the disciples with him. He gave them a gift, and that same gift is given to you and me. So that as we go through life, and as we feel maybe alone and fragile and vulnerable, he says, take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is my blood. I love you with an everlasting love. And then we remember, betrayed, arrested, put on trial, a mockery of a, child, a, a trial, and then put on a cross. A cross that really belonged to you and me. It, it, he didn't deserve this, but he decided to do it so that he can deal with our sin. And then we remember the resurrection. We remember his victory that becomes our victory. And it changes everything. And just don't think it changes it when you get to heaven. It can change it right here, right now. If you're sitting here and you, you, you feel like you've got the weight of the world, maybe you're even feeling that anger on the inside, right? He says, I've, I've, I've got you. I love you. So hold on to that. Come be a part of that story this week. Don't, don't miss it. Because this story is God's story for people like you and me. Amen? Okay, almost. Good. Amen? Amen. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, it shall be so. All right, um, where are you, Dave? Come on up here. Dave Purcell, president of the congregation. We both have some good news for you. Um, I'm going to give the first good news, and then you do the second one. Um, if you see up on the, on the uh, screen, there we go, Tim Overdeck, our new DCE intern. So they're gonna, he's going to join us. He's getting married to Josie, um, I think, at end of June. Um, they're going to come and join us in ministry, and he's going to be taking on the 0 to 21 age and then Greg is going to continue with adult, adult discipleship, and we're going to expand ministry and help you and me 
grow in our faith and trust in Jesus. So please pray for them. A lot of things happening, graduation, a wedding, a new job, a move. I mean, just a couple things that can cause a little bit of angst. So pray for them a lot, if you would. And then also, Dave? Good morning. The past seven weeks, we have been looking at the theme, Love Matters, reminding ourselves of God's call for us to love one another. Our Beyond the Walls Challenge has been blessed with raising over $30,000. We thank you for your generosity, not only for this mission, but for your continued tithes and offerings to support the ongoing ministry here at 1C The Sanctuary. Because of our incredible staff and all of those who give of their time and talents, I truly believe God has used 1C to be a ray of light and hope during these dark, difficult times. In the book of Matthew, Jesus replies, whatever you did for the one of the least of those, you did for me. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we enter this week and reflect up to you and what you did for us through the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus, give us a heart to look in to our 1C family that we can show love and encouragement to each other. We thank you for blessing us with the resources so that we can use them to reach out beyond our walls to show love and support to our community, our country, and parts of the world. To you, we give all glory, honor, and praise. Amen. On behalf of, of the 1C, the Sanctuary Leadership Team, I would like to wish everyone a blessed Easter. And remember, to everyone you meet, show them Jesus and give them heaven. Thank you. Mm. Amen, amen. So, so thank you. And just remember, that, that money is being matched. So we actually have over 60-some thousand that we can bless other people with. I did have somebody ask me after the service, can we still give? Yes, you can. You can send it in, bring it in and get it to us, and that those will be still matched, all right? So, please stand. I want to share with you the blessing that God wants to give to you, to me, and to this world. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace now and forever. Amen.
everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Time I think you left me, you're still right here. 